I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with my old buddy, Guard Dog Steve. How are you doing, Steve? Good, and I am grateful to be here. Boy, this podcast is a blessing to be able to vent and point to the scriptures and just let it the living water flow because there's a lot in me. I've got a lot of living water to, to release. Spiritual words, expressing spiritual thoughts. You know, that reminds me of spiritual words expressing spiritual thought taught by the Spirit. And we do it a lot, but there's five or six prayers specifically asking for spiritual insight. We did that word epinosis, which is a experiential knowledge. It's a superimposed spiritual knowledge, meaning superimposed, meaning it comes from another source. It's actually the spirit of God. Rather than explain it, you want me to just maybe read one of them? Yeah. First, I was going to say, I highly recommend that you memorize those prayers they changed my life. I think they changed your life, too. You can read them every day for the rest of your life, and they'll always produce more insight. Because I must confess that it is real. Or the difference or the change in myself that happened was real after I started memorizing those four or five prayers and if you want, we'll put them up in the Facebook page, the Guardians of Grace Facebook page. Let y'all see them because I really recommend memorizing them. That's a great idea. Also, could we put them on the website? The we could. We guardinggrace.com? Yeah, guardinggrace.com. Let's see. It's in Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. Paul says, For this reason, we also, from the day we heard about you, have not ceased praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, so that you may be live worthily of the Lord and please him in all aspects, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the display of all patience and steadfastness, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son who he loves. Amen. So there that epinosis is twice. Exactly. Let's explain that. That he's saying, I want you to gain the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual understanding and discernment. It's not a human intellect that absorbs this information. Or we wouldn't have a chance. No. But that's why he prays these prayers for us constantly. Didn't it say without ceasing? I'm praying for you to receive a a filling of the spirit that reveals truths to you. And notice how we did in 
previous podcast we did verses 3 to 8 where he's giving God the credit for all the good things that they're doing and he's saying the reason you're doing all these good things is we've been praying for you yes and we've not stopped asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so even though Paul was a teacher he's actually crediting God to be the one that's Teaching, teaching them. Yes. And I want to say something profound, Steve. Okay. And the little Captain Obvious, too. Okay. It says, and we spend a lot of time on that word fill, to mm-hmm. fill us with the knowledge yes. of His will. We know we've defined fill to be controlled by or under the influence of. But when something is filled, there has to be someone that pours. Bet you hadn't thought of that. No. Nope. Well, who is it that pours? It says that we're asking God to fill. So God is the one pouring out his spirit in us. Amen. We're not filled with the knowledge of his will by studying the Bible. As good as that is to do, it is God actually supernaturally, spirit naturally filling us with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may live worthily of the manner of pleasing in all things. Yeah. Yeah. Same as in first Corinthians where he says, we're speaking spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words. That's why Paul would be asking us God to pour his spirit into us because it's that spirit that discerns these things. The natural man can't accept them, and I'm just alluding to 1 Corinthians 2. Chapter That's two. a good place to start. Yeah, we can. We can start there. Maybe you could give a little review of what we've been learning about the corporate identity and the, the old man and the new man actually being only two men. We did that in First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. Okay, then make sure I come back to Colossians to this prayer, though. Yes, it's important because I've got more to say about it. Okay, last week we were showing the significance of an eternal truth. The eternal truth was that the old man of us was crucified. In God's sight, he mercifully saw the old man of us die and pay its sin debt. And then we see the old man of us from our point of view as doing all the things that we don't like, causing all the calamity that we don't want to cause. And at the end of the day, end of a day that we caused a lot of calamity, we can cling to God's eternal point of view, his eternal doctrine that as far as he's concerned, that old man lived a long time ago. He was literally the ancient man of us and God crucified him and left him in the grave from God's point of view. And it's so nice to be able to cling to that when you've embarrassed yourself all day or done something that you're really, really ashamed of, that you really let somebody down or you really hurt somebody with your words. It's good to know that at least God sees that as way in the past in your sins and lawless deeds he remembers no more and that way you can come to the throne of God and say I need more of you I need you to manifest yourself through this jar of clay more because I really want to be edifying to the people around me and I want to be able to build them up and make them better Christians. But I can't do it without your spirit doing it through me because I'm not the doer. I look into the 
perfect law that gives freedom, this law of dynamics, whereby the spirit does for me what I can't do for myself. And I abide in that, which is what we were learning about when we learned about this temporal truth that allows us to look at Colossians 1, 9 and following through the lens of that truth and therefore we can it'll register what Colossians 1 9 and following is saying and we'll be able to get the, the revelation from it because there is some revelation and it teaches us a new way to live so let's look at what we have to in 1 Corinthians get the wisdom from that and then we'll apply it to Colossians 1 okay so in 1 Corinthians 2 2, I'm going to pick up in verse 4. He says to these Corinthians, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith would not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Should we stop there for a second? And in just the Mm-hmm. chapter earlier he said Christ is the power of God yes yeah let's stop there so his teaching does not come out of seminary school or human, human intellect human eloquence he says we're not using human eloquence we're going to use the demonstration of the power of the spirit of God the spirit of God is going to speak through me and I'm going to rely on that because that's my way of life that I in Christ that I teach everywhere in every church and I'm going to rely on that when I talk to you guys too I'm going to rely on the power or the grace of God to do this for me he actually seems to consider maybe his eloquent speech as a weakness not his strength because if you have a gift of an eloquent orator or speaker You might rely on that. Right. And he's saying, I did not rely on that. I came to you in all human weakness so that I could depend on the Spirit's persuasive power. Remember, it's the Spirit that persuades a person to believe the gospel, Mm. the good Mm. news. Mm. Mm. It's not an intellectual understanding. No, it's the Spirit. The fact that I believe the gospel is evidence (laughs) of that. Then in verse 6, he says, We do, however, speak a wisdom, a word of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now he's, he's talking about the rulers of this age. When he says this age, it's, it's talking about the end of the Jewish age and mm-hmm. the rulers of this age, the, the people in the te- Israel's teachers. Yep, and he's when he's talking about we did not come, we came to you with this mysterious wisdom. It's the same wisdom as James said was wisdom from above. It wasn't human. Yes. It wasn't natural man, and it wasn't demonic. It was pure, peaceable, filled with good fruit and steadfast. But it was filled with good fruit. What the Spirit produces, produces good fruit. And when it's wisdom from above, meaning the mind of Christ speaking through you, then you're sharing wisdom indeed. Exactly, Steve. Just in Colossians where we just read, he's thanking God for the good fruit that they're producing in their life. Right. And then he says, the reason you're producing good fruit is I've been praying for this spiritual prayer for the the spirit to enlighten you on these things so when he says we speak a wisdom among the mature not of this age that would be wisdom from below he says no we declare God's wisdom in a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began none of the rulers of this age understood it for if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory However, it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. 
Mm, stop. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's no human eye has seen this. No human eye, no human ear has heard this. It comes through having the mind of Christ. That's what, that's why Jesus would stand up in front of a huge crowd and say, he who has ears, let him hear. They all had ears. There was thousands of ears there to hear what Jesus was saying, but Jesus was making the distinction between human ears, just like it said, no human ears have heard the plan that God has for them. Jesus was speaking spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words, and he was asking if anybody has the spiritual ears, the spiritual eyes, the spiritual mind to comprehend these things. It's the same thread that is running through 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 1. This idea that we have to get a grasp on that the human intellect cannot comprehend these spiritual thoughts expressed in spiritual words. It takes the spirit, which is going to be what the next verse says. Exactly. So what no human eye has seen, what no human ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These things are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. By his spirit. Here we go. That's why he's praying for enlightened eyes. And a spirit of wisdom and revelation in in Ephesians. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts except the spirit of God, the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. So your own human spirit knows your thoughts. But the spirit, only the spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. Yes. There again, it's not human driven. So for us to know the thoughts of God, the teachings of God, we have to have the spirit Spirit. of God. Right. And that's what it says next. That's what it's saying. That was verse 11. Verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world. We didn't get that spirit. No. From God. But the spirit who is from God, that's the spirit we have. So that we may understand what God has freely giving us, given us. The spirit of God is what reveals to us what God has freely given to us. And that's what we need to use to comprehend any thoughts in the Bible when we're reading the Bible. He's telling you that you have the mind of Christ. Use that. Freely given speaks of gift language to me. Don't see anything. A love <laughs> language, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> gift language. <laughs> you heard that term coined today. Yeah. So what does it teach us? The things that we can earn? Like by law, that we if, if we do this, if we do good things, God will give us good things. It says the Spirit teaches us the things that He freely gives us. Why did He give them to us? Because He loves us. But we don't know that because the Spirit of man doesn't comprehend the things of God, the mind of God, the thoughts of God, or the gospel of God. Even that has to be revealed by his spirit. Right, Steve? Amen. Double amen. I think I'm in verse 13. Okay. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. Verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and he cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Do you see where it says the man 
yes. without the spirit? Yes, that would be the human man. The human man, and it's singular. Oh, wow. It's wow, not, I did not know pe- that. it doesn't say people without mm-hmm. the spirit, it right. says the man. So That's go the back. The endemic nature. The endemic exactly. nature. Things. Going back to our corporate identity, wouldn't that be the old man of us? Yes, it would. The old man of us does not receive the things of God. Although it tries awful hard. I tried to understand the Bible for years and years. I didn't realize I wasn't meant to understand the Bible, humanly speaking. Study as he may, all he can come up with is things that he gets from God by earning them from God. He literally just reads till he finds a verb and then tries hard to do the verb correctly. And then he waters the verb down so he can get a little better at doing it and lies to himself. Right. Been there, done that. I'm glad you've never (laughs) had that problem. (laughs) Trying to keep quiet on that. But that man does not receive the things of God. They're freely given, and he can't grasp it. He doesn't have the Spirit. So the old man of us does not have the Spirit of God. But what about the new man? The new man has it. That's and where he, it is. So you could say the new man is, is actually the spiritual man. Yeah, in a couple of verses from now it's going to say the new man is actually the mind of Christ. Let me just get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm on 15. The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Here it is, Steve. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? The mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. I said it first. (laughs) If you have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of the Spirit. The mind of the Spirit is what understands the gospel. The mind of the spirit is what allows itself to rely on the gospel, rely on God's power, or rely on the grace of God. Wow, what a concept, relying on God's grace or his power to live the Christian life. Hopefully you guys are beginning to see that under this new covenant, he took the burden off of us as human beings. We no longer have that burden to live up to God's expectations. He took it off of us, and he is now dwelling inside of us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. He's going to live a righteous Christian life. He's going to make the people around him comfortable. He's going to make the people around him like him. He'll be attracted, attractive to the people, to your wife, to your husband, to your boss, to your friends. It's him that needs to shine. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of shining in front of your friends, the very friends that you've desired all your life to please. You, you've always wanted this. You've always wanted to blossom as a Christian. And these verses are saying, use the Spirit's power. And that brings us back now to Colossians. And we can read it with a little more insight. Yeah, and it's going to produce this dependence in us. When we start to realize, like, the man without the Spirit cannot receive the things of God to start with. And those who are in the flesh or the natural can never please God, knowing those two things makes you dependent upon the Spirit of God or the grace of God, as we said. Isn't that exactly what it says in Romans 8? It says the mind of the flesh cannot please God. Point blank. 
Say that again. Indicative statement. The mind of the flesh in Romans 8, 6, or 7 cannot please God. Yes, and that is not code for try harder. No, but that's what I always did. I always tried harder to please God, but it, it clearly says the man born who has the driver's license cannot please God even as hard as he's trying to do it. That's why we had like 7 million promise keepers at one time. Exactly. They dwindled down to zero. Big O. No, one. (laughs) Yeah. The man with the spirit. Yeah. The new man. Right. So let's go. Do you want to go back to Colossians and look again at that that prayer and what leads up to the prayer in verse starting in verse three? Sure. Let's do it. Okay, we're so we're in Colossians. Colossians one three. Verse three, he begins to thank God for a bunch of things. Now why is he thanking God and not men? Because it was the Spirit of God working through these men in Colossae to make Paul so proud of them. So, Bill, can you maybe read verses 3 and 4? Okay, Colossians 1, verse 3 and 4. We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we have heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints, your faith and love have arisen from the hope laid up for you in heaven, which you have heard about in the message of truth, the gospel. It's the word of God there that they receive is producing in them a love for all the saints, and all thanks God for that love, and faith in Christ Jesus, and God thanks, Paul thanks God that they're manifesting faith in Christ Jesus because he knows they're not doing it. It's God doing it through them. Amen. And look at this, Steve. It says, the message of truth, the gospel. The gospel is the message of truth, or the message of truth is the gospel. Isn't that what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, when he says this, things the Spirit has freely given us, the good news. And he said, the natural man does not receive this gospel. Because the gospel is all about what God gives you. And primarily, to start with, the gospel is God's thoughts towards you that become your thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes. I think I could say that better. Here in Colossians, it it says it better. Um, Receive the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. The gospel is bearing Since fruit. Since the day you heard of it, it's been bearing fruit and increasing because only it can bear fruit. You can't bear fruit, humanly speaking. Abide in me and I abide in you so you bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. The gospel is the power of God. Yes. Says that verbatim in Romans 1, 17, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. So then he goes on to say, since the day we heard of you and everything, we have not stopped praying for you in verse 8, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. He's asking God to allow you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. The burden is not on you now to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord because I tried it. I tried to act like Jesus. Isn't walking in a manner worthy of the Lord synonymous with the thought of the man trying to please God in the flesh, but it's by two different sources. Mm -hmm. The man without the Spirit cannot please God. Right. But the man with the Spirit, it says, walks worthy Mm -hmm. 
Worthy of the Lord. Worthy of the Lord, which would be pleasing. Yes. And then it says, in all aspects, you bear fruit in every good work. Meaning, you can do plenty of good works that bear no fruit. They just don't bear fruit. You you did a, a good thing, but it wasn't you doing it. It was the needed to be the Spirit doing it through you to actually bear fruit. You can mimic God, but you can't reap what he reaps. In verse 10, just to sum it up, Steve, there's three things I see. Walking worthily of the Lord, pleasing him in all aspects, is two, mm-hmm. and bearing fruit in every good work. Yeah. and Actually, being... four, growing in the epinosis knowledge of God. So, and, and Well, there's five, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I grossly underestimated the amount of benefits in these two verses. Let's tackle them one at a time. Mm-hmm. I think walking worthily and pleasing God are, are kind of the same thoughts. And didn't we just read that those who are in the flesh, which is the opposite of being led by the Spirit, cannot please God? Exactly, Romans 8, 7, I believe it is. And it doesn't say they don't try to please God. No. Because Paul said, I tried real hard to please God. Yeah, Paul said, I joyfully concurred with the law. But the man that's led by the Spirit is the new man, right? The spiritual man. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2. The man with the Spirit is the new man. The new covenant man. The new covenant man or the spiritual man. Yeah, I like that. They all mean the same thing. And just to review, God only sees the new man. We see the old man who cannot please God, but God sees him as past tense. As past tense. You see why he gets these prayers before he tackles some serious doctrine? Yes. Because he's going to get into these two points of view, these temporal point of views and this eternal point of view. But he wants to make sure it's the Spirit teaching us at this point. And it's the Spirit receiving the information, too. And, right, otherwise it falls on deaf ears. Deaf ears. The natural man doesn't have ears to hear hear. what the Spirit says. Right. So let me read 10 and 11 again. I'll read it all together. So that you may live worthily of the Lord and please him in all aspects, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the display of all patience and steadfastness joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, you, to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Do you see how it says the display of all patience? In other words, the manifestation of all patience. It's God in you, the God of the universe in you, and he's the one who keeps you patience and kind to the teller when you've gone to the bank and had to, you were 20 people behind and had to wait for 20 minutes standing up. It's God in you that produces the patience not to rip her face off. <laughs> Is that a personal testimony, <laughs> Card Dog Steve? Because uh, it, it sounds familiar. It probably would ring true in my life. Yeah. So it's safe to say that was not the spirit man that ripped her face off. No. But can you produce this patience in the natural man? The man without the spirit. You can try awful hard and fail awful miserably. Yeah, for a short time you can <laughs> you can fake it. Mm-hmm. No, the answer is no. You, it's why it's so important to to see that you're a basket case without the spirit. If you see that you're a basket case without the spirit, it's it's not for the purpose of embarrassing you or shaming you. It's for the purpose so you don't depend on your natural abilities, your flesh, right? Amen. That's why Paul said, I came to you, Corinthians, in all weakness and fearfulness and much trembling. 
so that your faith would not rest on human intellect, but on a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So he emptied himself of all hope, all confidence in the flesh, which he said in another place, we put no confidence in the flesh, but our sufficiency is in, in Christ, in the Spirit. So, As it says in Second Corinthians, he has made us adequate ministers of the gospel, not that the adequacy came from ourselves, but it came from God. And we should not think of anything as coming from ourselves, ourselves, but by the Spirit. Right. Just do a little review of what we were talking about today. We were launching off the idea that we saw in the previous podcast about the old man of us, the part of us that we don't like about ourselves, the part of us that embarrasses us constantly through the day, and the part of us that lets people down all around him, although he's trying as hard as he can, that part of us was considered the old man of us, or the ancient man of us, and it was put in the grave and died. And that's the good news that we can hold on to when we've had a bad day. Things haven't gone well and we haven't shined as much as we want to. We can say, but God sees what I did today as past tense. Praise God for the gospel. And then you can go back to the throne of God and ask him for more power. And you can go boldly back to the throne of God, having your heart sprinkled clean from a guilty conscience through Christ. Okay, that's the good news that we can rely on when we've had a bad day, but then we've gone on in this podcast to speak about this prayer, which you can see the prayer totally relies on God to get the job done. We saw how the natural man can't do the job and can't even understand what the job is in 1 Corinthians 2. But here in Colossians, we're seeing that Paul is making a distinction and clearly pointing out that it's by the Spirit's power that you're going to bear this fruit. He even says it point blank that you would bear fruit in every good work. Like I said, you can not bear fruit in some of your good works, but he wants us to bear fruit. And the only way to bear fruit is to abide in the vine and let the vine produce the fruit through you. So that's where we are right now at this point in the podcast. Yes. So let's look at that prayer again, and maybe we can go to another prayer, say in Ephesians. Yeah, let's do Ephesians. Or we can... We can go to Ephesians prayer now. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to? Just go straight over. I do. Okay, let's do that. I'm going to go in Ephesians 2. I'm sorry, See? Ephesians 1. Starting in 17? 15. Okay. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people, sounds similar to the Colossians. Exactly like He's thanking God again, not the people. For this reputation that they have. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Isn't that the same thing? He's commenting on their good works and their exemplary life, and then he's thanking God and praying. Yes. Same exact pattern he had in Colossians. Same thing. Here's the prayer in 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his saints, and the incomparably great power for us to believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. So that power Mm. 
is he, resurrection he, power. It's resurrection power. It's, that, that's the power of God right there. That's nothing to sneeze at. That, that's a big, big thing. <clears throat> Didn't Jesus say all these things when he was preparing to be crucified and put to death? Sure and raised from yes. the dead. Yes, and he he encouraged his disciples to not be discouraged, not let their hearts get troubled. Remember, his earthly ministry was coming to an end in less than twenty four hours. Yes, everything yes. they had hoped for is over. It's about to end from their point of view, and he knows it's their point of view because he knows they have no idea because the spirit hasn't been given yet to reveal any of these things. Exactly. These guys are completely in the dark about the spirit of wisdom and revelation coming and when he says it's good that I go away they're like, oh it's not good. Doesn't sound good. (laughs) Doesn't sound like good news. Yeah. But it was because he was going to come back down to earth in spiritual form and live inside of those disciples and through those disciples he was going to cause his spirit to be implanted in thousands of people throughout the generations and the ages to come until we've reached the 20th century where he is still working through you and I as we're reading this letter he's working through the people listening to this podcast so that they can understand what the letters are talking about and he's working through us so that we can make this gospel understandable the same ministry that Jesus was doing on earth continues and it's the proclamation of the gospel praying for them to receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning these things all the gifts we have been freely given the love the joy the peace the patience the kindness the goodness the self-control the faithfulness all these free gifts that we have he's asking for us to receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can understand and know and receive more knowledge about these gifts well why why pray about that steve why not just tell us these things because we just saw in first corinthians the natural mind doesn't receive these they're not complicated they're just unbelievable it takes the spirit's power to see that with god all things are possible i know you you can say you're having a hard time believing these scriptures but you can't say that they're confusing no crystal clear in what they're saying he's saying i'm going to give you my spirit like the spirit will teach you all secret things of God, the hidden things of God, the the things the natural mind cannot understand. And the Spirit will empower you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. That's not complicated, but it takes the Spirit to reveal it. That is why we think these prayers are so important. You're listening to two people that had their lives changed because of these prayers. It takes the Spirit to reveal to you not to put any confidence in your flesh. That has to be spirit taught too. I just want to say, wouldn't you want the spirit of wisdom and revelation? It's so cool. I would think everybody listening to this podcast should by now really want the spirit of wisdom and revelation and want a spirit that guides you from scripture to scripture and links these scriptures together so that they make the pictures that they make a spirit that will do all that for you and make the Bible a beautiful thing to read. I know there's got to be a lot of people that want this and we say go ahead and memorize Ephesians 1, Colossians 1, Ephesians 3 and we're going to put them on our our web page and our Facebook page. Yes. But I can say pretty much I've prayed one of these prayers every day for 30 years and they never stop producing fruit they, they, the insight just comes and it's not because I'm smart no 
no, the you power said no of, really quick there, Steve. The, the power of these prayers has has scared me from time to time because I was quoting scriptures I didn't know anything about. I remember that. I got scared. I got scared. I told you about that, huh? You were talking to the guy as if you had a Bible in your hand and you were just reading scripture after scripture after scripture and answering his question on one scripture and you quoted the three or four scriptures before and the two two or three scriptures after it and, and then I had never memorized them but the spirit had the spirit knew the things of God yeah and it revealed it to you yeah even though you consciously had never memorized it yeah yeah and the spirit can do the same for you guys just receive that spirit of wisdom and knowledge and ask for it daily definitely ask for it before you read the Bible because it can bring things out in the Bible that are just mind-blowing just mind-blowing I'm yeah. gonna read one more scripture okay. one more of these prayers and then we'll close in prayer and, and then we'll close in prayer we can even make this our prayer but I'm going to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 okay for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Getting ready to pray again. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he might strengthen you with power through this spirit in your innermost being, through the spirit again. Amen. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That word is okonomon, mean Feel right at home. Yeah, dwell comfortably. No battling between flesh and spirit. No wars going on, but the peaceful rest. Yeah, the, the spirit is comfortable and ready to manifest himself through you. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. Wait a minute. He's praying for people to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ, but these people that are already rooted and established in love? Yes. Shouldn't it yes. be a one and done prayer, Steve? Yeah, no, because to tell the truth, it's immeasurable. So he's saying, I would have power. Power to do what, Steve? To do something or to grasp something that is immeasurable grasp something that's immeasurable how high and how wide and how long and how deep you mean the natural man can't grasp how high wide and long and deep is the love of, of God no. the love of Christ no because it can't be measured it can't be measured and he says and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. I love the fact that it says to it's saying to know something you can't know. Right. To know something you can't know. It surpasses human knowledge. Surpasses human knowledge. It's the word hooperbola, I believe. It is to overthrow. I remember that. Yeah. It's the picture of a six foot one receiver running down the field and he can maybe jump 15 inches or so but the ball goes sailing 25 30 feet over his head he was overthrown he was overthrown the, the, the pass was overthrown well in the same way the love of Christ overthrows the natural man's ability to grasp it the natural man's ability has limitations on on the love of He'll love me to this point, but I keep doing this, not so much. Right. But he's praying that the Spirit would enable the people he's praying for, the saints, all the saints, to grasp how high and wide and long and deep. So we need the Spirit of God to grasp it. Just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, that we need the Spirit's power to grasp the gospel. And so 
the height, the depth, and width, and length of the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And so we we had four measurements, right? Height, mm-hmm. width, depth, and length. And yeah. What's the next statement say? Yeah. Now to him mm-hmm. who's what? Able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. The, the human nature can't even imagine what the love of God, how big the love of God is. It, only the Spirit can do that. And, so, and wouldn't you want to know about God's love and to figure out what his love is like? Don't you want that as a Christian? Aren't you curious? Well, these prayers is what Paul was praying, that you learn about God's love and how wide and high and tall and deep it is. Paul makes statements like, the love of Christ compels me, constrains me. Control. Controls, because he's convinced. Well, who convinced him? His study or the Spirit? The Spirit. Convinced him. Yes. That if one died for all, therefore all died. So let that be our prayer for you guys, that that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would continue to enlighten the audience of Guardians of Grace podcasts, that you would continue to know the hope of your calling, the riches of his inheritance, and the uncomparably great power that's available to you. Yes. And don't think for a minute that we don't pray these prayers for you. We constantly pray these prayers for you over and over and over again. So with that in mind, we'll just say good night. Good night, and we're very thankful, and we have one small favor to ask of you. If it turns out that this podcast is a blessing, share it with other people. Push the share button and connect other people to the podcast, only if it's been edifying to you. If it is, it'll edify the people around you, too. So we and God ask, will get all the credit. Yeah, we ask that you consider sharing the podcast with as many people as possible. And with that, we say good night. Love good night, you guys. Love you. Thank you. <laughs>